You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. If you're a control freak, then this week's episode is for you. We discuss where that comes from and how to have a better relationship with controlling things in your life. Welcome to Carly's Couch. Thanks for tuning in once again. Another week, another opportunity to think about what we can do in our lives to, I don't know, just see something different. Um, I don't know if you already got your shit together, then (laughs) this ain't for you. But (laughs) as for me and my house, uh, I don't know, I'm always thinking about, well, I feel like as a human being, and I'm about to go into a random ass spiel, I feel like as a human being, there's always something that you might be kind of like, struggling with or there there's always something that's a sense of uh discomfort in your life I think that's just part of life and for me I'm always just trying to think about like what that is and how I might be perpetuating it or part of it or how I can just you know see something different in my life I kind of look at life like I want to see all the different kind of possibilities and and spaces that I can possibly like reach or or touch so that's why um all these episodes tend to kind of be around things that we're learning or looking into in an effort to do that in an effort to transcend our own kind of issues or traumas or just life into new spaces. Yeah. And what we started with was just like how to live your best life, whatever that looks like for you. And that really is all of these episodes are our forays into that. Um, and today's episode was actually inspired by last week's episode. So if you haven't listened to an episode about how to be yourself and not to lose yourself, we got a lot of feedback on that. So I appreciate all the thoughtful mm-hmm. conversation, some great comments um, about losing yourself in parenting and in relationships and you know, everybody really loved the little chess piece quote. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, go ahead and go <laughs> listen to episode 190, um, Be Yourself, Don't Lose Yourself. But I was inspired because something that Lexi said around, like, the reason why sometimes we're not ourselves is because we're trying to get a certain reaction out of somebody. We're trying to manipulate them or basically control a situation. And as always, these episodes, like, life tends to test me on uh, proving that I'm living the life that I'm saying I am on here, but also just little life, you know, adventures happen um, based on whatever the episode topic is. And I started thinking about like, where in my life am I trying to control things or where am I trying to get a certain um, outcome, which is cool to want to do something, but like, where am I like grasping onto something so hard that I'm not being open to possibilities? So that kind of inspired this week's topic. I think it's interesting that you frame it that way as far as what am I holding on to so hard that I don't see other opportunities or get other opportunities? Because you're thinking about how am I limiting myself? When I think about control, I'm thinking about, hmm, how am I causing my own like mental anguish because I'm trying to control a thing? I don't even think about like, what am I blocking? Although that is a good point. Um, So I think that's interesting to even look at it that way. Mm-hmm. And so when thinking about like control in my head, I'm like control, but, uh, on a scale of one to 10, what? <laughs> what song is that? I don't know. It's an older song. Oh, I, I think okay. Am I in my head? I'm like Janet, but I'm like, I don't know. I got to find it. I'll find it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I'm not I saying it's, it's not, Janet. I just couldn't like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Cause I think since we've been saying control, I've been thinking about, ugh, which 
Never mind. I was thinking about <laughs> Kendrick Lamar and all his control parts, one, two, three, four, five. But also, I'm not really that much of a fan. So. I'm about to say, yeah, let me I'm just hashtag that it. in the episode, though. Get more views. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I'm not. Um, but on a scale of one to ten, like when you're looking at your life, uh, how much do you try to control? Like how controlling would you consider yourself? I'm a 12. <laughs> For real. I'm, I'm trying to control every little thing, period, straight up. And even when we go into kind of like you might be somebody who controls if like I'm literally every single one of those things. So, uh, yeah, I, I do. Um, I'm trying not to get ahead too much, but I do for sure want things to go the way I, I want them to go just with everything. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's real. That's a real honest answer. I appreciate that. I would say I'm a strong 8.2, 8.3. Yeah. And that's, that's progress. Have you always been this controlling and always tried to, control everything yeah a 12 is progress oh okay <laughs> i probably have been much more even right now i literally can't think of a space that i don't try to control and that doesn't mean i don't i'm not aware of it or that doesn't mean that i understand like detachment i understand letting go but i'm i very much consistently have to like catch that and think about it and you know try to apply it cool but i definitely still in every space want to have a sense of control um and even if I like let go of a thing or in some space that's probably being uh filled by me trying to control something else or I let go because now I have something else that I'm maybe focused on okay so just shifting that that 12 mm -hmm. of control so let's just hop into it <laughs> um you may be or you may be controlling or have an issue with control if you have to have things your way yeah, this is my strong, this is my strong 8.8, 8.2, whatever I am on different days. I definitely do like to have things go my way. Like what though? What are we talking about with this? Um, For me, it's like if I plan out my day, like, um, okay, so for example, at the gym and teaching classes, like if I plan out, okay, I'm going to get there at this time and then do this and have this set up. So my yoga class, like if there's somebody using the room that wasn't supposed to be using the room, it's so frustrating to me. And like, that makes sense. But it's like, now you threw off my whole schedule mm -hmm. and now my energy's fucked up a little bit because like, it's not going the way I want it to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like to have things my way, but it's interesting that there's just some stuff that I just don't be caring about. So I'm either like very much want to control it or very extremely disinterested and don't care at all. Um, so some things like as far as work stuff, I've definitely gotten to a place where I don't care how a thing gets done anymore or I'll be intentional about talking to the folks who work with me on the team. Um, hey, this is what I'm looking for, but I don't really want to tell you how to do it. Like I might say like, this is how I've done it or this is how it's been done. Um, but also like, I'm cool with you finding out your own way. But what I do need to have is I need to have that thing done or I need, you know, the final thing. So I, it may not be the little nitty gritty of stuff. Um, but yes, I do want you to feel a certain way. I do want you to do a thing. I do want to see something happen. I do want to feel a certain way. Like I want end goals or I want certain uh, consequences. And that's where I for sure am controlling on that part. Another one is if you find it hard to accept blame. So if you're getting arguments and you tend to be defensive, if you refuse to back down. Um, and part of that also comes from a space of like, you probably believe you're a control freak you probably believe that your success comes from you. So like when you see people talk about how um, um, like I did this myself or like I can't depend on other people or whatever, it's, it's not even that you can't depend on other people or that you did anything yourself, but you feel, you feel like everything is into your control and therefore everything is because of what you've done. Mm -hmm. um, and so you, 
if somebody's like, well, you didn't do a thing or you let this slip or whatever, it's very hard to accept that, accept blame because you feel like you were in control of, of things. Like if, if you messed up, that might mean you might not have had as much control as you thought you did or whatever. So I even for sure fall into that as well. Like it's very hard for me to accept blame. I hate when people try to accuse me of a thing. Um, especially when it's real like black and white. Cause I, I'll be like, eh, well, you know, that may have happened, but I wasn't trying to do that or whatever. It's hard for me to take responsibility sometimes. Um, and yet that's something actually that I recently I have tried to do more of like, like don't, say anything defensive, just say like, you know what, that did happen. I'm sorry that that happened. Um, but I, I do kind of try to explain myself a little bit too. Yeah, I definitely have some defensive tendencies around that. Um, another thing that would demonstrate you have an issue with control is you think you're the main character of everything and that you need attention at all times. It's kind of like you think everything is about you. You try to make everything about you and feel like, yeah, like you, everything that everybody does is for you where it should be. No issues with that? Um, not really. I just noticed in my head, like, a while ago, like, when I first started therapy, one of my the things that has really stuck with me and I think helps me do that is, um, well, that and the four agreements. It's like, don't take anything personal. But also, uh, it, she would be like, take yourself off the stage. Like, take yourself off the stage. Nobody's, like, looking at you mm-hmm. or thinking about you as much as you think they are. And anytime you try to make it about you, like, you need to, like, check in with yourself and look at your own reactions and, like, really what you're trying to get from a situation. Oh, I see. So you're talking about, like, situations happening out of your control. You're still trying to make it revolve around you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so for me, I definitely think I'm the main character, and I I do want attention at all times. And even though it sounds crazy to say that, and I, don't, I might not super appear to act that way all the time, but what's going on in my mind is I... So let's say, like, if I'm hanging out with friends or something, like, it, it's not like I'm trying to get attention but I have noticed before when like that's when I'm a little bit more and this goes into the next top part too I'm a little more unpredictable I might say something wild or crazy or you want to like keep people on their toes um if if I haven't talked in a long time I might just say something just come trying to get back in the conversation I do want um people have told me like that I am kind of flirty but there's obviously the times you don't want attention, right? Like when you're out and about, you might be more chill or whatever. But I like the idea that I'm getting attention as long as I can control, like, all right, I could stop that or I don't have to engage it or whatever. But I wouldn't want to feel like completely overlooked in a space. Um, and I don't, my version of this doesn't have anything to do with like trying to make everything about me. Uh, only maybe certain times in specific, like um, more intimate, like, maybe spaces but in general it's like not that I just like all right guys remember I'm here like I I do do weird things or or stuff that I think does like take that back around even though I'm not really thinking about it like that in the moment um so for sure um that's interesting I didn't take it like that at all I mean I think most people don't want to be overlooked or don't want to be seen or things like that I think that's why in my head I didn't take that the same way but I see how that could be like a controlling tactic yeah like I might um I'm, I wouldn't, depending on the flow of, like, what's going on, I'm different in different circumstances, kind of, like, where if I'm out, if I'm at dinner, like, I might be more extra than I may be um, doing something with you somewhere else, or, like, I'm different in different spaces because of however that attention that I'm wanting or, or to engage or or I want to uh, show myself as a certain, in a certain way or whatever, like, 
I'm, and not to say that it's all completely like disingenuous or anything either. I just I notice and recognize how how I'm different or I turn on or off depending on like where I kind of want to be on that on that attention scale um, of people engaging me, talking to me, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, and then I definitely like with the with your moods being all over like. If you may be controlling, if at one moment you're excited, another moment you're like being real uh, sad, or another moment you're acting different, like if your emotions and your moods are kind of all over the place, that's almost something where it's like you don't want people to be able to know, like be predictable about who you are, what you are. Like you want them to always be like, oh, what's, you know, like that's another way of kind of people paying attention to you. And also it's like, I don't want you to know me. I don't want you to, to know who I am. I want to be in control of like how you feel in this moment because right now I'm feeling this and right now I'm, then I'm turning to this and then that. So that's kind of controlling behavior as well where you want everybody else to kind of be moving around how you're feeling and how your mood is. Oh, that's an interesting one. But yeah, definitely. That's, that's huge. Another one is <laughs> you lie. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it. But I was like, yeah, I definitely see that and see that behavior. I've seen it in myself and other people in my life. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Um, another one is you lie. Like you try to control other people's sense of reality, whether like manipulating them into feeling a certain way or, or doing that. And that's kind of the thought, like I said, that sparked this episode is like mm-hmm. people lying or not being um, genuine. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I keep asking, cause I want to know if you have any background or stories to how you feel about that. Oh one. man. Yeah. Um, especially, before, you know, the self-work or I guess in the throes of self-work, which I still am. But like in relationships, when you want people to respond a certain way, it's like, you know, you might not be upset about something. You might make a bigger deal about something or you might do something for their reaction, like to control it because, you know, it bothers them or it makes them happy or it makes them you're feel like you're them? a good person. Um, well, that's more like manipulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, uh, lying, I don't I don't really like in my head. I don't have any situations where I just flat out have lied to to control somebody's reality. Yeah, I've, I'm definitely, I lie and I have been a liar. But again, in the way of, literally this is like a, a subconscious, is subconscious or unconscious thing? Uh, like a subconscious thing because it'll be way later. Like I'll, I, somebody might call me out or whatever, but it's not to way later I really understand like, was I lying? Because I'm not, it's like I'm not trying to lie. I'm just trying to avoid whatever is on the other side of just me being a little more straightforward or a little more, um, honest with myself about how I feel about something. Like a lot of times there's a disconnect between what I even think I think, you know, or who I think I am and, and what I'm being asked about or whatever. And so it's a lot of those types of things that seem like they're just like little innocent, like, Oh no, 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 it's not that or whatever, but I am lying and I'm lying because I'm not trying to see a certain reaction or I'm lying because no, I'm a good person. And so it's hard to accept whatever somebody might be saying to me or, you know, whatever is going on. That's kind of broad, but um, definitely, like, I I fall into that for sure as well. Um, Another one is you're not a good team player. Um, I'm not a bad team player, though, Uh, but it depends on what's going on. If my team is not good, then we got a problem. Uh, (laughs) But maybe this is, like, the least amount one for me because I I have grown out of this. This one, and I'm going to skip down to one, is um, if you don't delegate, you're probably a control freak. And, And I know a lot of people like that where it's just, you're like, let me just get this done because I can get it done, you know, the way I need it to be, when I want it to be done, whatever. So not being a team player, not being able to delegate, those are the two spaces for sure that I've gotten much better because I just see the benefits of like, you know, like, please get this off my plate or please do your part. Um, and that's okay. 
Yeah. I was about to say, I'm a great team player. Um, I've noticed because I'm really competitive, and so I'm thinking, like, team sports, stuff like that. But I know before I've manipulated things to make them go my way because I know how, like, I'm good with people. So I noticed me trying to control in that way. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, let me, let me listen, do this back so I can still get it back to whatever I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've definitely seen that for sure. Um, another one is that you have trouble maintaining relationships. Control freaks, control freaks repel people with demands and unsolicited like nagging or advice or trying to push people into doing things that you want them to do. Hello, me and my mother. <laughs> um, I had to have a real sit down, like come to Jesus meeting with myself and recognize that she's a grown woman and, you know, I don't know better than her on what her life is. So for a long time, I was always trying to get her to change or do different things and, you know, like questioning her why she was doing different stuff. And once I stopped doing that, like our relationship has improved so much. I'm like, bro, I can't know how you're feeling on the inside, even though from the outside, I think I know better than you. Like, first of all, who am I and how dare I? But second of all, it's like, you know, you got to realize people are people. And even though you can see things, sometimes you don't know the intricacies of them. By, like, letting them actually do things a certain way could improve your relationships. So, yeah, that's another big one, too, is when you try to spend too much time trying to convince somebody of how they should be or trying to get them to change. Um, and those two things really go together. I, for sure, do that same thing as well. And that also kind of stems from, like, a, um, if you're a controlling person, you're probably a little bit more critical and judgmental of other folks because you because you have this thing where like I'm in control of everything you view anybody who is not doing what you think they should be doing or if they're struggling with any way it's like that's a reflection on them not doing things or them not trying or them not having any control and that's uh something that's a very kind of judgmental space to come from also um you spend a lot of time trying to prevent bad things from happening this might be actually my least one. I take that back, what I said earlier. Because um, they're, well, maybe not. That's the people who also, you may be a control freak if you don't respond to an email or you haven't started a project or you're doing things because you are trying to not have to deal with whatever that outcome may be. Um, or you think about before you do something, before you go somewhere, before you call somebody, you start to think about and play, like, what's the negative things that's going to happen? And so you're trying to... Let me say this because I know if I say that, he's going to do this. Um, so all of those things fall into you trying to be in control. If you often run through, like, the play or the plan or your conversation or things like that in your head, um, that's you being controlling because you really have an expectation of how you want something to go or how you think something may go, and you're trying to prepare almost for that. Is it wrong to have those expectations, like, for for things in those situations? expectations for like how something. somebody responds. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong to have an expectation for somebody to respond to you with like love, care, admiration, and respect. If you have been entered into a, a contract with each other of, we understand we're emotionally um, responsible for each other. So it depends on your, that relationship, I think. And it, that depends on where you are with a person. Um, if you're not in a certain space with a person where, yes, you do expect a certain level of them listening or them caring or whatever, um, you know, so I, I think it, it would just depend on your relationship. Sometimes we might be putting too much expectation on um, that person or a conversation or something happening, because, and there is not all of that foundation there either. So in which case, that's where it's like we're trying to control something that is not has not really been established in that way. So I think it depends on the relationship. 
Mm-hmm. I think that that's an important aside. Um, like, it's cool to have expectations, but check in with yourself. And the last one is you lack compassion for people who make mistakes um, because you have this deep-rooted belief that success stems solely from talent and effort and, like, people's work that they put into things. And so if somebody is struggling or not doing well, then inherently that's their fault. Um, you see this a lot, like, well, they pulled themselves up by the bootstraps. Like, why didn't you? Like, in my head, I think about that. That's the first thing. But then also um, – and the one I was mentioning earlier is like, you know, maintaining relationships because you're being judgmental. Like, I think it's even harder when people have addictions or mental health issues or things that you just don't understand. And I feel like a lot of judgment can happen there. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we get scared of what that reflects or may reflect about us. So there's a lot of folks where you may judge them if you see somebody is overweight, if you see somebody who is homeless. Um, it's almost like you're like kind of reflecting that on not doing the things or, or like what things could like you'll never be in that space because you can control that but we what it does is it, it shows kind of a lack of compassion and you're you're kind of jumping over the fact that life happens and things happen sometimes too so it, it's almost like you don't expect life to happen to you but that's where you're always kind of in for a rude awakening um, when you're a control freak or when you're always trying to control things and I think that that very much and not I think I know um, and we're talking about this as well, that it's very much married with anxiety. And so, like, all of that fits together to where it's like you're you're so an- anxious about your environment and about the things that are happening and what might happen and what might not happen, um, that you're doing all of this stuff to try to make it something else, which also makes you more anxious. So it's really all a reflection about who you think you should be and, and who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And... I was just about to ask, like, where do you think control comes from? But I think you touched on one of the biggest drivers for it is anxiety. Mm-hmm. Because if if uh, you would just do this, mom, or if you would just do this, boyfriend, or if, if you would just do this, uh, team member, then I won't have to be worried. I don't have to be anxious about if I'm loved. I don't have to be anxious about if this project's going to get done. I don't have to be anxious about if we're going to keep this client. I don't have to be anxious about whatever. And so you're you're prescribing um, how, what somebody else does as the reason um, for what's going to happen to you, and so you're trying to control that. But then even in trying to control that where you don't have control, you still also have anxiety around, you know, those things. And so instead of just letting stuff happen in that way, um, it really is like a cycle. And I think that that's a very dangerous uh, hill to start careening down like you know oh if you would only check in with me I would be okay but then the anxiety is still there and so the goalpost that you need somebody to keep mm-hmm. showing up within your life just keeps moving and you're like oh wait this actually probably doesn't have anything to do with them mm-hmm. it probably is a thing that I should work on myself that's probably a good sign too that it's a control thing because I that's how it is with me where it's like all right I want to see a certain thing but then maybe I should see that but then there's always something else that it's like, well, maybe I need to see this to prove that you love me. Or like, eh, I don't really know. That, like, that's not enough, so why aren't you doing this? Mm-hmm. And it just keeps going and going and going because you're never satisfied um, with what's being done around you. Yep, so I think anxiety is a big one. And as with everything in life, childhood. Um, so if you grew up and you didn't have little, like if you didn't have any control in your life or if you grew up in a very controlling environment, you could have this need to want to try to control things around you. But why is that? Like, just because that's the example you have, or? So, if you grew up in, in an environment you have very little control, so, for example, 
like you didn't know where you were going to get your next meal. Y'all were very poor. You grew up around abuse. You grew up around addiction, all those things. You think that if you are in control of things, then that won't happen to you. And so it's kind of like a trauma response in a sense, like, oh, if I can control it, then I can keep myself from ever having to experience mm-hmm. that again, which is all fear, fear based. Like this is all fear led. Um, or the opposite, like if you grew up in a very controlling environment, maybe you think that that's the best way to do things, and so you try to operate like that. Yeah, I was starting to think that the latter is what I could identify with a little bit more, is that you grew up in a kind of more controlled environment, and so control is good. Or like, you know, being able to um, like have your kids, like, you know, you just look at them and they stop and they're quiet or whatever is happening, like that's the way that things should be. And so you also try to perpetrate that in your life with other people and um, the things around you is that, okay, if if I can just have the control of these things, like that's how it should be. Yeah. And I'm the opposite. It's like, I, I, my controlling habits are more about perfectionism and wanting things to be a certain way to protect myself, to never have to, you know, not have food again, or to never not have to be in those dangerous situations again. It's like, man, if I can just do all the right things, then I will never have to be there again. It's like you really can't control those things anyways, no matter how like hard you convince yourself that you can. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if I think about if my motivations for control are based on like the past or like what I don't want. Well, I guess everything kind of, if it's what you want, it's what you don't want a little bit too. Mm -hmm. But mine are more framed around what I want to happen. Mm. They tend to be. Like I want this type of response or I want to be treated a certain way or I want this to happen or that to happen. Not really about what I don't want. That's an interesting thing. Is it desire-based or fear-based, essentially? But then you can always, you know. To explain again, both sides. Yeah, you can always then be like, well, I want I want to know that you love me because I fear something. I don't know. Fear, I don't know, wasting your time, fear abandonment, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. But, but I think that this is something to note as well and something that I've always done, which is what makes this something interesting and important to talk about is that by framing things in that way, my control in a way that because I want something or this is going moving towards a desire, I almost frame it like I, I don't see it as a negative thing or I haven't viewed it as necessarily negative because like this is, you know, I'm trying to help you or like I'm, I'm, I want you to do this thing because it'll make something better or whatever. Like it's when it's framed a certain way, you're not really seeing it as, as the um, diminishing kind of behavior that it really is? Or, like, how is this actually a downfall or, like, a con um, in how you operate? Because you're you're trying to say, like, I'm doing this, you know, for this, or, you know, I'm trying to help or whatever. Um, so I think that's interesting. It's like you need to kind of reframe it to understand that having control issues and being a control freak is, like, not a good thing. Why not? Um, it's not a good thing because it's just so much extra energy and anguish that you are like literally setting the table for. You're setting the table for not getting what you want and for getting other things or for having to deal with stuff that you don't just don't control. So if you don't control it, like you never know. And I guess the problem also is if you're um, somebody like me who achieves through everything and does through everything, uh, what happens is a lot of the things that you do have because you're probably successful because you do work hard or you put effort into stuff. You see a lot of positive fruits from that, Mm -hmm. except when you really break it down, it's like to the things that don't have nothing to do with you or you don't recognize that it's not your control that did those things per se. And so 
yes, like I always feel like me having effort, me wanting this, me doing that is like a good thing because when I look at everything I have, it's like, oh, I see how I did a thing and got that. And so I, I with everything, with the relationships, what can I do to make this be like this? With work, what can I do to make this like this? With my family, what can I do to receive X, Y, Z? And so I have learned that everything comes from my doing. And yet, if I really paid more attention, I would see how much more negative or how much more like that hurts me to connect that that's connected to my efforts as opposed to like certain things like they that just happened or this is not happening and it's not necessarily because of me or uh, because of a lack of what I'm doing and that can give you so much more freedom and so like I, I, I have I'm so boxed up by like what I have to do which means I'm always having to like struggle through a thing or have to do a thing or um, I can't I'm not just like chilling and letting certain things unfold yeah, I love the not letting things unfold part because it's really like trying to control everything and everybody around you is like fighting upstream. And it's like you don't really have to do that. And when you stop doing that or when you learn to relax a little bit, you can actually go with the current. You can be open to new possibilities and for allow people and opportunities and different things to show up in ways, show up in your life in ways that maybe you couldn't have even imagined. Like you couldn't have even controlled it that great for it to work out like that. Um, so I think you know, getting away from control opens up a lot of possibilities in life, but also just more ease and more peace um, by only focusing on what you can control. Mm -hmm. And so what about the times that we're not in control? Oh, yeah, I added that in there because I thought about it and I was like, but wait a minute, when when we drink, uh, if we smoke, do any kind of drugs, um, maybe there's other things too. Um, I was like, those are not things that we do to be in control. Um, and yet I, I'm a super control freak, but when I do those things, what am I, what is it that I'm trying to do? Um, how am I okay with the lack of control in certain times, spaces, et cetera? And this is something I guess like kind of just to talk through and figure out, but I know in those moments, why do, why do I not want control? I, I'm trying to actually escape the anxiety of me trying to control everything else. <laughs> Um, and so it's like, whew, let me chill or let me just like let loose a little bit more. Right. Like when you're in those spaces, sometimes you kind of care less about stuff or, mm-hmm. um, or I don't know, sometimes like people drink and like you actually get more turned up and like more emotional care more. Um, and that's also a lot of times when like your real feelings and motivations for stuff kind of do tend to come out also. Um, but it's almost like letting, letting something down. It, I think maybe it's being vulnerable. Like those are spaces where it's like, whew, you just want to like let go a little bit. And you're being more vulnerable, whereas to control everything all the time is literally the opposite of you being vulnerable to just things happening. So I don't, I don't know, but like, I'm okay sometimes, like not caring about being in control of my body. So I don't know. What do you think that means? I was going to say, I think it's a respite from the, like a, um, a, a, a break from having to control everything, from all the pressure that comes from that. And then also like letting down those walls. It's a release. It's whenever um, maybe the only chance where you feel like you can, you know, let loose and be with yourself. And like those are the little breaks that you need to kind of or you feel you need to kind of get you through everything else. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, yeah, a release or um, to get in deeper touch with yourself, depending on the type of experience you're trying to have or... Um, yeah, exploring outside of those walls. Like, yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, but I know I do know a lot of people who um, they don't, 
like to drink or they don't smoke or they don't do whatever because they're like, I don't like not being in mm-hmm. control. So it's like, also, I understand that too. But um, yeah, that could be some kind of indicator about where you are with all of this as well. So interesting to look at the opposite side as well. And so we kind of talked about control and what it looks like. So how do we have a better relationship with control? Like, what can that look like? Mm-hmm. I'm, look, I said I'm a 12, <laughs> so I don't, don't ask me. <laughs> this is my first day out here. <laughs> um, but I would say after hear, listening to myself, one thing I'm thinking about now is, and let me, what's the question exactly again? How do I improve my relationship with control? One thing I'm hearing um, for me is maybe one of the first things I need to do is disconnect my efforts with life. And I'm not even sure how I do that exactly. But, um, yeah, that's such a setup, like, for me personally. So not not trying to connect that, oh, I did this and then this happened. Because that's not exactly real mm-hmm. in that way. So that, that would be a first thing for sure for me to, like, pay more attention to where I have those thoughts or where I make that connection and try to kind of like cut that. Yeah, I think that's a a great one. Um, And something that might be helpful with that is like looking at what you try to control in those areas where you feel like you might be controlling and then looking at all those things in those situations that you actually can control and the things that you can't. So kind of taking stock of what you actually can control and what you can't um, is a great starting place. And for me, I think the need to, to be in control, like figuring out where that comes from. Um, my why always helps me get a better understanding. And so, you know, asking yourself like, oh, were there times in my life where, you know, I felt like I wasn't in control? Maybe it's fear-based. What does it mean to me to be in control? Um, what do I fear will happen if I'm not in control? Like if I actually delegate this, what am I fearful of? So can you answer these? Because I'm curious, like, what, what um, yeah. I, yeah. if you're not in control, what are you well, like? What are you scared about? You, when yes. you're not in control. I, I'll use the example that I talked about earlier. So, um, was there a time in my life when I didn't, where I wasn't in control? Yes, when I was a child and growing up around traumatic situations with that. Okay, well, what does being in control mean? If I'm in control, that means that I can keep myself from ever having to feel like that again, from being scared like that, from from all the hurt and the emotions and the darkness and stuff that came with that. And I fear that if I'm not in control, that I might end up in those same situations. And so um, control gives me, I feel empowered. Like if I know that I can control my circumstances, then I feel empowered and more confident and, and like I can take care of myself and never end up there. Um, But it, what it takes away from me is another question to ask. Like what is, being in control take away from you. It takes away the possibilities of what life could look like if I didn't put the pressure on myself to always have to be in control of every situation. I think, man, even more than that, taking away the possibilities, because that's, that's really what you where you keep focusing. So that may be like a really big thing for you. But I think that um, what control takes away also outside of like, oh, what I could be missing it, it just literally takes away your peace of mind. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing or for me or for my brand of being a control freak. Like, it takes away your peace of mind because you're consistently worried about other people and what, like, what everything is doing. It's like I'm always taking stock of, like, what's going on with all these different people, these situations, these things, and you just can't relax. Like, you're not relaxing. You're not being still. You're not um, focused on yourself. Like, mm-hmm. I just think that's, you just saying it's just 
I don't know, it's such a waste of energy. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, when you're, especially when it's about somebody else or something, and, like, you're just really, like, in a rabbit hole, you're really, like, thinking, overthinking, and being over-responsible, perhaps, all those things, and it's just like, oh, I could be spending this time doing something else. Man, so many things. I could have built a pyramid with all the overthinking that I have done in my life mm-hmm. so far. Um, and then the this other one is kind of cool, this next way to kind of work on your relationship with control. So I took this... Um, class at USC when I was getting my MBA and it was fostering creativity and it was like ways to you know foster creativity in your life which is really funny whenever you get a bunch of like quant and business minded like people in this room and then the teacher comes in and makes um shout out to Joe Priester he's dope but he he got people to come in there learn how to meditate get in sensory deprivation tanks do trapeze like getting out of your comfort zone for real but the first principle that we learned in this class was called um ase accept surrender embrace and this is to help you live a more peaceful life have a more peaceful day be more one with yourself and with the universe and what that looks like is like something happens It wasn't necessarily your favorite thing in the world that happens. You surrender to the fact that it happened and you can't control it. And then you embrace all of the feelings and the things that come after that. And that sounds kind of like, well, duh, like that's kind of how we process things. But it's really not. Like a lot of times we're so bothered by things because they didn't work out the way we wanted them to that we can't really enjoy life or we're carrying around that anxiety from that. And so I would say, one step to help you get a better relationship with control is to have a better relationship with surrender and acceptance. And so practicing radical acceptance, um, not in like a toxic positivity way, like, yay, my car just got towed. I'm so excited. No, you're not probably excited about that. But being like, damn, even though I'm frustrated that my car got towed, like it's an opportunity to practice acceptance and kind of learn how to flow peacefully with the currents that are happening in my life. You know, that makes me think about too. Um, and another question that we kind of were looking at earlier is like, in what spaces are you maybe more controlling? Like, even with the example you just did, like my car got towed, I did not care. Like, I do not be caring. So I, I, it's almost like when things happen to me, and maybe because I feel in control of myself. So if, if that happened, I'd be like, well, that's my bad. Like, I knew I shouldn't park there. And it's easy for me to deal with it. And it's easy for me to accept it. And yet, when it's something with other people, mm. then that's completely like, I cannot control that, and I like I I can't accept it. Um, but my own things, it's like I accept, and maybe I think I've always thought of that as a good thing. Maybe that's still like controlling, but at least I'm taking like responsibility of like I did this or so this happened. Um, but with other people, I feel like this is not linear at all. You might have more to that, like because you can say accept, surrender, embrace. And I'm like, okay, so what does that like actually even mean to do? Also, because there logically we may get to a space i'm always in this space of like i know logically like yes i, I accept this is what's, what's really going on this happened and yet you can still a week later be like you know upset or sad or man i wish they would like call me or whatever's happening and it goes back and forth back and forth and i don't know maybe it's a time thing or maybe you consistently like kind of catch yourself and and embrace it when you feel it which probably maybe that's what it what this looks like um but yeah i it's so hard for me to accept other people not doing things um, that I want them to do, but my own stuff, I'd be like, I'm so like, whatever, I do not care. When bad things happen or whatever, a lot of times I just do not care. 
Yeah, my biggest rub with other people, my need to control is definitely in, like, my special person relationship that we've talked about all the time. Like, that's where I find myself, like, off kilter the most out of everything else. But I think, um, to your point, it's not, like, not having those emotions and not being frustrated, maybe not wanting something to be different, but, like, accepting that you have those emotions and um, accepting that you're learning to surrender to the fact that people are not going to always bow down to your will and do things exactly the way you want them to do. And so maybe, you know, a practice can start with like learning to let go of little things that bother you with people. So for example, like, Oh, somebody loads the dishwasher a different way than you, or maybe folds towels and those seem menial, but sometimes those things really are bothersome. It's like starting maybe to learn how to accept and surrender to the smaller things first. And I would also say, I, I do agree with that, but I would also say that we have to be honest about what's hurting you. So it, for me, it's not that, um, it's not about you not doing the thing. It's about what I'm telling myself that says about me. Mm-hmm. So like, if you wouldn't do this or, um, even it could be as simple as like keeping your house clean. If, if you're like my partner and I'm like, man, this why is it always so dirty in here? Like, can you clean this down? And, you know, some people just don't do stuff the same way as you. And for them to not do a thing or for them to not do what I would like for them to do, why am I telling myself that, oh, that means they they don't respect me or they don't care about me because they're not doing what I want them to do or they're not uh, paying attention to what matters to me or whatever, right? And that maybe goes back to what you're saying about centering stuff around you in, on center stage as well. But I think that's a bigger thing that I've had to dissect is why, like, why do I care how somebody does something or what they're doing is because I'm making that say something about me and about my worth. And so then you got to go back and be like, okay, like, feel, how do I feel that with myself and all that other shit? But um, I think that's a big thing is like really with situations lately, it's like, what am, what am I telling myself that this says about me? Mm-hmm. Everything always comes back to self. And that's huge. Um, we did the... Gottman episode, the Gottman Institute on relationships, like the four signs that your relationship won't last. And part of that is like someone gets mad because their husband won't take out the trash, but really it makes them feel unseen and unloved and like their work isn't, you know, appreciated. And so those conversations need to be had. This is in no way saying you shouldn't, you know, talk to your partner about your emotions. But I think the first part is you got to realize that you are making it about yourself and like really where, where that's coming from and, you know, processing it. Hopefully you have a partner that you can process those things with and have like that level of conversation. It ain't always got to be that deep, but sometimes it is that deep. Um, A couple of other (laughs) ways to get better with um, surrender and improve your relationship with control. We just talked about managing expectations. Uh, There probably could be a whole episode there, but you know, looking at the person, looking at the thing, looking at yourself, checking in with expectations. And then also, Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, have we not done that before? Cause I think an episode could be like, what should your expectations be? Have we not talked about that? Mm-mm. Not in an episode, so shout out. That's going to be a soon one. <laughs> um, and then the last one I think is interesting is, like, being open to spontaneity. And I would even further that by saying just being open to, like, adaptation. Like, things might not go your way, and that's fine, no matter how much planning and things you do. So just improving your bounce back, like, your ability to pivot or adapt or do different things. And slightly remix that because we talk about that all the time and like, oh, try to do different things. Cool. But I think also what that can look like is you want something to happen. Like maybe you want somebody to call you or, you know, you may think about like, let me tweet something that might get their attention or let me 
say something, you know, when you're trying to overthink and like, let me say something or do something and you're hoping to get a response, whatever. Um, as opposed to saying it like being open to spon- spontaneity to just not do anything, like to not try to act um, in certain spaces. Like if there's, if even with work stuff, like, okay, I know this, I have a thing due. Also, it is Sunday. Like, maybe I should just start tomorrow, Monday. Like, it'd be okay. Being open to being like, yeah, let me just, I'm not going to do it today. I'll do it tomorrow. Or, um, man, I really want to hear from somebody. I should say something or I should do something. No, I'm just not. Like, just being open to not feeling a need to do anything around the situation. Yeah, practicing being still and sitting Mm -hmm. with yourself. Um, So, hopefully, that helped you with your relationship with control. Hit us at Carly's Couch. Let us know your thoughts. How controlling are you? What areas in your life do you notice this? And then what tips or if any of these stood out to you to try this week to kind of work on that relationship with surrender and control? Mm -hmm. And in my last controlling efforts right now, subscribe, leave a comment, (laughs) like, say something. Y'all did leave some good comments last time. That was nice. Thank you. Although I didn't, sometimes I don't respond because I'm looking at it like from my phone on the side and it's like doing the most trying to go into YouTube. But um, I do need to take a minute to go in there sometime and at least acknowledge uh, those things because we do appreciate it. Yeah, we really do. And like I said, there's some great commentary in there. So, um, you know, get involved with the conversation. You see somebody's comment, mm-hmm. reply, because people be dropping some gems on there. And then ending with this week's question of the week, Alexia, what does one of your lives look like in a current parallel universe or like the multiverse? So a different version of you. Mm-hmm. I would love for one of my parallel lives to be a prostitute um, or to be someone who is like super duper just like out and um owns their sexuality and can use that as like their use that as their power and uh, makes a living from that. And part of their living are like, you know, I don't know. I, I think that's something I, w- I would like to experience or, you- or would like to see, or I think I could feel, I see that as a part um, of me that could have came out. Where would she be living? That version of you? I don't know. Is this like this planet? Is it like, Earth? yeah, it's, it's not on earth, but oh. I'm saying it's like, it's like the multiverse. So all of these things are happening once. So there is in fact, probably a version of you that is doing this. But when you I vision that, where is she living? I don't really know about that part. Cause I don't, I'm not seeing none of these streets is anywhere I'm trying to be, <laughs> but, um, or maybe cause even like she, she probably would be like, uh, more of like an escort maybe. For you sure. Know. You would definitely be a high class. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Something Sex like worker. that. So maybe New York. So not like on the street corner, even though I might have started that way. Um, not on the street corner, but like you're at all the spots. And yeah, that's that's what your life is to do, to like make other people comfortable and control them with your with your sex. Yo, I feel like she got a penthouse in New York overlooking Central Park. Um, right. I love that. Okay. Mine is I would be kind of like. Anthony Bourdain, like a chef who travels mm. and like has a show and, you know, just is always traveling, always trying new things, interacting with new cultures, um, but in a very respectful <laughs> way uh, that gives back. Similar, like I said, to Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, that would be mm-hmm. me. I'll be a chef and I will be traveling around, enjoying the hell out of life. Now I would say our next question should be, is that another parallel life that you can see? Or are we really just answering like what we also wish we could go do and why aren't we just doing it? Tune in next time. (laughs) We'll see y'all. Bye.